You're listening to the Laugh Factory Podcast Network. For more shows, visit the podcast page at laughfactory.com. It's the after laugh, after laugh. Welcome to the after laugh, after laugh, after laugh. <laughs> after laugh, man. <laughs> Go ahead, pull up a chair. I'm here with Tommy Wakefield, who once again begged, borrowed, plaid and steeled. <laughs> To get him to, to to come to come across the the hills, Tommy lives in the I valley. I came more willingly. I texted you this time. Yeah, I was surprised. I said, I said, I'm awake. It was like at <laughs> noon. I was like, whoa, early bird. Uh, my sleep schedule has been like um, kind of reversed, where I've been waking up super early. Yeah, and uh, and we have a we have a patron for the uh, for the podcast. I don't know if I want to say her name. Patreon. A patron, not a Patreon. Oh, I think we do have a patron. We just never did anything with it. But we have a patron, someone who is a a, a Tommy and, and, and Bill fan, and she listens to the podcast. She loves Tommy, our only fan. And no. she sent she sent some money. No, and, big and, shout out for that. That's awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, and and she understands how hard it is right now for, yeah. for comics and people. The Medici's. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's a Medici, and and she's a teacher. So I always I, I feel kind of bad because I feel like Medici. Is this coming from <laughs> your your own funds? Like I don't want that. But then those she, little kids aren't going to have pencils. <laughs> yeah. But then she said, uh, "She's like, oh, I have to go to the compound later." I'm like, okay. Um, and she was like, "I was walking the grounds." I'm like, okay, I think there's some there's has to be some some money. I'm hope I'm hoping it's like oil money or like Texas money. Walking the grounds is some rich people. Yeah, yeah. And then she said compound, and I think she said ironically, but I think there's like some matriarchy money in that family, from my understanding. So I don't, I wouldn't feel right accepting any money from someone who's just like blue collar and and living paycheck to paycheck, obviously. Um, yeah. So I hope it's something. And, and obviously, what she's doing is is amazing. It's helping me out. She sounds you like out. maybe embroidered lace collar. That'll, we'll take, yeah, you know, and uh, and my daughter out, which is uh, awesome because I'm helping uh, using money to help my daughter get a car too. Mm. Um, so anyway, here we are. We're on day number. Is this month six now or seven? I don't even know what month it is of quarantine, <laughs> and uh, I think there's a little bit of light at the end. Well, oh, my kid, there's no light in the tunnel. Although I think Monday. Um, when this podcast comes out, Gav- uh, Governor Newsom has Governor Newsom. Hey, there you go. Has anyone ever said Governor Newsom <laughs> has um, uh, has opened up salons and some other shit? Maybe. Ooh, right. That's my favorite thing. We can get our hair did. Um, <laughs> so I don't know what else, but I think there are there is another. We're in like a different phase of all the phases that we're entering into. But it seems to me that, uh, and not to be conspiracy theorist, but it seems to me there's a vested interest in keeping everything locked down through the election. I don't know if you believe that, Tommy. Uh, it makes sense to me that they would want us to continue to feel the effects actively of all of this stuff until, you know what I mean? To, yeah. to keep it on the brain that things are bad while Trump is in office. Here's one of the things that's happening right now. I don't really know, because technology is so advanced, I have no idea when I read something, if it's real or not. Like I saw a tweet from AOC, showed her verify, and the tweet said, 
guys, we can't let the economy recover. We have to keep this locked down until the election. So, but, and, and that was retweeted. And I was like, is this even a real thing? Because that's an easy thing to fake, obviously. If you're a yeah. right-wing troll, you can fake it. And they're like, look, she deleted it. So did AOC post that and delete it? Or did someone just doctor it? Definitely fake. She's like really smart with social media. Yeah, you'd think so, right? Um, she is. So She's running uh, circles around all these old fogies. And then the there's this part. thing with um, that came out on Twitter. Came out. Debuted on Twitter. This idea that only 6% of the people dying of coronavirus reported actually died purely from uh, coronavirus and the rest were very old with comorbidities. And again, like, <sighs> I go, that's interesting. And people were sending that to me because there's a lot of sort of closeted, moderate and closeted Republicans in the comedy world. Yeah. Who were kind of like, look at what's going on. And uh, and then I go, well, look at the CDC website because it actually doesn't say this. So you're you're buying bullshit. Yeah. But even CDC has lost all integrity, too. It's it's literally four years ago all over again, where there's just going to be three months of crazy misinformation and false rumors and uh, propaganda. I think the problem is there, there. it doesn't feel like there's anybody to believe. Just out and out, 100% believe. It feels like everyone is playing a political game. Um, yeah. You definitely got a kind of uh, crowdsource what is going on from the various yeah. people. Any one source is going to have too much spin on it. So one of the things I always try to do is I, as an exercise, I'll listen to Pod Save America and then I'll, and I'll, I'll listen to Pod Save America and I'll get worked into a lather about how fucking awful and stupid and evil the Republicans are. And then I'll listen to Ben Shapiro and get worked into a lather about how You should awful ditch the- Pod Save and you should listen to like I don't know, the David Pakman show or Sam Cedar. Oh, I think you told me. I'll listen to David Pakman. But the thing about, he, I, I like John. He's not perfect, but he's at least like moderate in terms of like the left wing indie media people. Well, one of the things that bugged me the last time I listened to Pod Save America was they were going on about the RNC, the convention, and like shitting on people as they should. And they said, and then they're going to have that kid from COVID in high school who harassed that Native American man. And I'm just like, wait a second. Like, that's not what happened, though. Like, the video right. came out later, and this kid, not only did he, was it proven that he wasn't harassing this man or that he was saying racial slurs, but he won a lawsuit, a multi million dollar lawsuit against CNN for slander for the things they said about him. I mean, he won handily. So, um, and I and it just feels irresponsible that John Favreau is now being a political hack and saying, "Oh, this kid yeah. who harasses." I'm like, "Come on, dude, you're That's better hackish. than that." You know? Um, That's hackish. I think that Pod Save America are kind of hacks to begin with. Like they're pretty much just going to ride the establishment dick, the DNC, all the way to the election. But which at this point, I'm beyond bashing Biden. Like, I mean, God, it's literally so easy to take cheap shots at him, but. If Trump wins again, like, I don't know, dude. That just might be game over on America. You like, really think so? I just don't know. I just don't know. It seems... Shit is bad. Let me tell you something. Way that's- worse than... Like, even my mom is calling me and being like, I've been around forever. I've never seen yeah, shit like that. Even this. people who went through civil rights were like, this is a lot worse. This is weird. Weird. Well, the problem is, is that there's no news organization that you actually can rely on. 
And I don't even think that they're trying to be objective at this point. I think everybody is on some level an opinion journalist. Here's, here's the deal. If Trump wins again, I mean, the Supreme Court's just not going to make it. What do you mean? Like, the courts across the country have been... That's where they've been making the biggest amount of impact. Mm. Replacing judges, replacing DAs, and the Supreme Court, if Trump wins again, RBG's done, right? She's not making it four more no, years. She won't. No way. We'll be lucky if she makes it another two months. Yeah. So they'll probably have six, seven conservative judges in another Trump term. And then, even if we do get Democrats in, which, who knows? Because the elections are just going to go more and more right wing if the... Here's what I'm trying to say. Without a balanced Supreme Court, they really get to set whatever laws they want. And if we do get Democrats in power, they can just say that it's unconstitutional. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a super, super partisan Supreme Court is a super scary thing. Let me just say, let me address that though real quick. I think it's important to point out that there have been a few rulings this year with Brett Kavanaugh as a Supreme Court justice that have heavily leaned to the liberal side. I mean, they've struck down anti-abortion cases. They've struck down a lot of shit. I don't feel like they're that liberal, though. I think they're just like common sense. And I mean, I'm I biased, but like moderates, the fact that someone like Kavanaugh would go for it means it's just like, duh. Yeah. And it, they're not like being complete hacks. Yes. Fascists. You know what I mean? So I, I do think <laughs> that if you're a Supreme Court justice, I do think that on some level, you whether it's true or not, but you really consciously put yourself above partisanship. Unless you're Clarence you Thomas. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, Clarence Thomas, I mean, you could also say that he's a quote-unquote strict constitutionalist, and who knows what that means even more. But I think that, like, a lot of the Supreme Court justices that were appointed by Republicans ended up being very moderate and leaning left a lot of the ways, and they, f- they felt like they'd been robbed. None of the liberal Supreme Court justices have, have leaned right. You know what I mean? So I, I, RBG? I, RBG went right on she did? something recently that was like, what? I don't think she knows I think happening. it was like one of those pipeline things. It was like, uh, uh, you're allowed to drill. tear up a Native drill, American baby, burial ground for a fucking oil <laughs> pipeline. Something like that. Like, that's super right wing. Oh, shit. We're going to have like a poltergeist situation where the spirits are going to come out and attack people. And we will deserve, I mean, hell, it kind of feels like that at the moment. Like we're living through some type of curse. Oh, God. Um, and now I did want to talk to you. One of the reasons that I want to have this podcast is because you always have interesting uh, interactions and communications in your life. And you said that, and it sort of coincided with me releasing a video on my Instagram at Bill Dawes where I talk about um, the Charlottesville yeah. protests. And I was sort of on the fence about posting it, but it was literally like three years after it happened. And for me, it was kind of like, I wonder if this still plays, if it's still relevant now, if, if it will get me canceled, if it's offensive. And the reaction's been pretty good. I mean, I haven't had people go. I mean, some peop- someone did write, how dare you make comedy at the expense of other people's misfortunes? What? And I'm kind of like, but that's what... <laughs> that's such a broad yeah. condemnation of comedy as a whole. <laughs> well, there's this whole idea that as a white man you could be punching down if you're going after disenfranchised groups 
or minority groups. And I wasn't going after minority groups. If you listen to it, there's nothing about that that's like anti-black uh, a, or anti-Jewish. Yeah. I'm making fun of the protesters. But he said, but basically, since it was a quote-unquote tragic event, then me making comedy about it means I'm somehow complicit in the tragedy of it. And I'm just kind of like, well, this guy doesn't understand comedy then. Because comedy is, from my point of view, comedy is about taking things that are serious, where there's a meniscus of pressure and tension yes. built, and dispelling it with silliness or or something where you can galvanize. God, there I am using the word galvanize again. But bring a group together through laughing, either at the seriousness or, or you know. I mean, I tend to agree with you. I had someone, someone who is also a comic, but just like one of these really sensitive comedians. Yeah. Try and joke police my friend. They sent me a tweet. There's this. There's this tweet. What is the tweet? There's a Twitter format that it's like. Uh, basically, the format goes, "Fellas, is it gay to do this or do that?" Or like, yeah. "Fellas, is it gay to think your girlfriend's hot or?" compliment your girlfriend you know what i mean yeah or something or like is it gay to hug your mom you know what i mean yeah and it's making fun of how toxic men are yeah. afraid to do even the most benign affection or like self-care any or vulnerability like, fellas is it gay to use body wash you know what i mean like yeah. that type of thing and it's funny and a lot of people use it and uh one of my friends said uh something like is it gay to be bisexual or something very very silly which is quip it's just funny right and then my other lady comic friend oh she was a lady who i'm being sarcastic of course it was right (laughs) she sends it to me and she's like this is offensive i was like how yeah are you missing and i'm part of me is like i feel like the twitter has taught me that some people are just joke blind yeah like they truly don't get the nuance of the joke and yes. somehow, almost like being colorblind, like they, they just look at it and they don't... They see the word, the trigger word. They see the word and then the, that's it. They see a straight man using the word gay and they go... Right. Y- yeah. And then then we got into a debate about... She was like... I, I was like, I think that's a fine Twitter format. I think it's kind of funny. And the target of the joke is toxic masculinity. Yeah. So the joke is ideally helping the cause of gay people by making fun of straight men for being homophobic. Let me just put a pause right there. Sure. I also, furthermore, I believe that making any joke about anything helps the cause. Mm. Because the opposite is silence. And the opposite is not talking. I think making jokes about race, making jokes about sexism. I think it's all, if it's not mean-spirited, if your intent isn't to actively put... And the truth is, when the intent is to actively hurt or demean people, that comes out and it doesn't read and it's not funny and the right. people bomb and they leave comedy. I agree. Now, here's what bugs me. I tend to some... Depending on the context, my position is that context always matters. It's case by case. Yeah. Right, but usually, people like us, straight whites, whatever, we shouldn't be punching down on minority communities. Sure, but her take was that not only that, but I shouldn't even be touching the subject, regardless of the target, regardless of the message I'm sending, as a straight white guy. Yeah, and I was like, what? So I can't tell any joke involving gay people. 
Yeah. No matter who the target is, no matter what the experience is, even if the moral of the joke is that be more accepting, she was like, yeah. That's fascinating. I was like, that's an insane take. Yes. But it's also the take that's existing right now. I will tell you, last night I did a a show in a socially distanced space. A streaming show is a fundraiser for a venue. So I'm on stage, microphone, they're filming it, streaming, and there are people in the audience. And, you know, it's an Issa Fairfax show, which to me means we have we have a siren going by. By the way, more and more sirens and police helicopters and everything every day. So um, it's pretty loud. So uh, I was doing all new material. I did like 12 minutes of new material. Eh, good and bad a lot of it was coronavirus related and stuff like that some of it was working some of it wasn't one of my favorites was like you know my 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 new one's like hey I'm in a tough position because my dad's a my dad's a Trump supporter my brother's a cop my mom's name is Karen <laughs> that's like the, the honky hat trick right there the honky hat trick oh, that's pretty good I don't know if that's funny or, the, or white trash hat trick but um honky hat trick's way better hon- honky hat trick and, and then I said and I said I don't you know I don't know if I can what I can say now uh I don't want to be canceled. I don't even know if, even if you say you're worried about being canceled, I don't know if you can say that you're worried about being canceled. That can get you canceled. We're like in a cancel culture traducan right now, uh, which I think is a fine, but like I said that and they just like, whew, they disappeared in my mouth. Like, oh, great. It's going to be this crowd. Like even saying, and I go, oh, as a matter of fact, so I go, the, the, the punch of the joke is I go, I don't even think you can say the word cancel anymore. So I'm just going to call it the C word. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you can't, be, you can't say the C word. You have to be so careful about anything you say. Speaking of cunts, I got <laughs> dumped by uh, my, you know, so that's, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. the joke. And that got laughed, but, but like three women instantly like left the room at that moment. I'm like, great. So at the end, is going back to your point, I was like, I got to do a closer that always works. One of my closers is always works is my threesome closer, my threesome bit. Sure. Um, because I make myself, I literally make myself get in the joke. The joke is basically like... Um, every guy wants a threesome. I'm talking about girl, girl, guy, not guy, guy, girl. Two guys and a girl is a threesome. It's gay sex and a witness. And when I said that out of my mouth, like, like, warning, 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 danger, I felt like saying gay sex and a witness was offensive. And this is after like a six month hiatus during everything that's happening right now. It just huh. automatically felt like, oh, I don't know if I should say, not, not just like, I'm worried about being canceled. It didn't feel right coming out of my mouth. How weird is that we're talking about coming out of my mouth after a threesome? Uh-huh. But um, it just felt like, oh, it like hit in, like in a tinny way, it hit my ear wrong. Weird. Like It felt like I shouldn't say it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It didn't have the same joy. So I don't know what that means, but hmm. so there is something about, um, and then of course at the end of the joke I go, uh, so I go to my friends, we're going hard, and the final is like, hey, when's that girl getting there? And that kind of saves the joke because I make myself right. gay. But that even then, funny. like, is that, thanks for saying that part's funny. But, no, uh, I mean, I just mean, that's... But like, so I've never <laughs> thought that joke, I always thought that was a joke was an inoffensive joke. Right. But I feel like comedy has just shifted, like in the quarantine, it's just shifted over a little bit more. The Overton window has shifted just a bit, even without her knowing it. Yeah. So it feels different. So I to agree. your point, like she she might actually have something to what she's saying that makes sense. Although I don't think she should attack you about it. It's worth a, a conversation, though. Well, she wasn't even attacking me. She was attacking my friend's tweet, but yeah. she shared it with me to get like 
solidarity or like she wanted me to agree with her yeah but i'm closer with the friend yeah and i was like i'm why are you attacking this person like yeah. they're just trying to make a joke i'm not the joke police yeah i don't know and it, it always felt like jokes not were sacrosanct but there was something about the idea of a joke whatever you're talking about a joke is making fun of that subject right so one of the jokes i used to do which i would never do now i go it's a true story girl asked me for to, to dinner and the bill came she goes can she's like can you pay for it like i'm it's her first date and i'm old-fashioned which she really did and the joke is i go well i guess i'm old-fashioned too so i slapped her for talking back right and that joke went from being one of my closers to like there's no way i can say that right and that's a joke that you put if anything big happened and they wanted to use me for the oscar someone would dig that out 10 years ago and be like here's a joke about abusing women right don't you feel that isn't that kind of that extreme right that that joke probably wouldn't be but you recognize the structure of that joke being a solid joke it's a solid reversal right there and it's also making fun of the fact that there was a time when men were men in the 50s when women were hit and it was almost acceptable well the math of the joke checks out and uh it's kind of the social commentary is sometimes women are hypocrites in terms of wanting all of the benefits of feminism without any of the drawbacks. Yeah. So, but inevitably the image the joke leaves you with is domestic abuse. Of course. So, and I think that's a lot of like, there was a joke I used to do about getting, getting head in an alley from a British woman, which also based on true story. And I would just have my hands on her head. Mm hmm as an act out and it used to kill it used to be one of my closers and now it's just like I and someone brought to my attention like it's just it looks it has a violent presentation as a six foot tall man with an eight inch dick I'm kidding well uh, no but but a man standing well, fun with part his, we get to imagine how big the dick <laughs> is in the joke you know standing there with his hands on a woman's head it just has that image and it audiences would love me for 45 minutes and then they would kind of even if that joke killed, there'd be enough people that would duck out of that joke that it wouldn't bring everyone together at the end of the show to kind of, yeah. you know. So, anyway, I don't know my point, but my point is I did the Charlottesville thing. Didn't I that once, joke have a thing about the wig sliding back, too? Which is a true story, yeah. It yeah. really happened. And I know maybe that sounds hacky or not, but that's literally what a girl took me into. It wasn't an alley. It was like a, in a, on a hallway. It's building. And she, See, even that feels like nowadays... Like people would get sensitive about that, but she it like feels anti-trans. Grabbed, she grabbed me and she put exactly it's anti, exactly. So she put, um, she just started like sucking my dick, and I and I was like, it okay. is weird. We were standing there getting blow. Like, what do you do with your hands? Like, do you fucking Superman on the sides of the hip? Do you over your like right? Like, what do you? Do? I mean, it's like when you're acting. What do you do with your hands? So I put it put it on her head, literally. And at one point, as it's going, like her her, her wig moved, hmm. and. I came. So I don't know if that's related or not, but that is literally what happened. So, um, but then I go, then I go, I go, people are like, you probably got a BJ from a dude. I go, I probably got a BJ from a dude, but, um, but hey, uh, but it could have been worse. I could have gotten no BJ. Right. Yeah. Come on. A bro job is better than no job. So to me, so that's ironically, I've had a number of trans people. Yeah. Who liked that joke and have approached me by that joke? I don't think it's anti-trans. No, all. I. Hearing it again, it doesn't feel. 
anti-trans. It, it feels like you're a dude who's just down for anything, and yeah, it, it's like I'm not gonna let some bigotry get in the way of getting a nice off blow job. Yeah. So you know it's so funny because then there are small gradations. Could it be? It could be her. The wig moved, and all I could think is like. Is it? Are you? Are you a girl? Are you a girl? Or, or even if the wig moved, and I go, wait, didn't you? Is please I have said, cancer? No, I used to, I used to say, <laughs> please have cancer, please, which is what I thought, right? Because that's where your your brain goes. Make this make as a straight hegemonic sure. man raised mm-hmm. from southern white trash. You go, I'm a straight man. So yeah. your brain goes, maybe she has cancer. Maybe she has cancer because you got to finish. You yeah, got to yeah, finish. Yeah. So tell yourself she has cancer. Although, the more nuanced part of my brain knew. <laughs> It was a she. He was. It was a guy. Right. They right. were a guy. So, um, and I never felt weird about. I never felt like oh, like I had to wash myself. It was a great blowjob. I never felt awful about it. It didn't make me want to go out and get BJ's from guys in alleys, but I didn't. I didn't feel tortured or tricked or no. cared. You know. And I think she, that speaks to the lack of homophobia. Yeah, they were hot. Whoever they yeah. were, they were hot, and they gave me. I came in like a minute, and that's hard for me. So. And it did make me go like, wow, guys know how to... Anyway, so the point is... And the joke is at the end, I, yeah, I kind of go like, hey, man, bro job's better than no job. I don't, I don't give a shit. But um, I still lost the joke because my hand's on the head of a woman. I lost a cancer. I used to say, please have cancer. I removed that because Don Marrero said, you're doing a fun joke. Why, why bring why up bring cancer? Why bring cancer? And I, that's, that's a yeah, solid that point. Yeah, that makes sense. But that is what I thought. I did think. Anyway, so... I posted this bit about the Charlottesville and I, you know, I'm always looking for the most aggressive right turn I can find in my comedy. Mm -hmm. So with that in mind, sometimes that can go, that can veer into stereotype. It can veer into, um, not always. I mean, you want to be more sophisticated in your writing, but sometimes it can be right there. And I, and I was like, man, there's, there's a lot of stereotypes here. I don't feel like they're negative, but I want to post it and see. And I was worried that like maybe people are going to be like, "This is fucking garbage. You've lost like this is old, hacky '90s material." But um, I've gotten like really good feedback because I think eighth because I think people are just dying to laugh at anything now, and I do think that people realize how precious the world is, how precious dialogue is right now. That they're a little bit like, "Hey, relax." I think people are almost shifting back to like. Let a joke be a joke, and let's appreciate things for being a joke. I don't know how you feel about yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to believe that. I don't think I don't think that's not happening, but I just also think I don't know. I, things are gonna be as long as Trump is still in office. Things are gonna be politically charged. Everything we say is gonna carry with it, like a a side. Yes. And this is where this comes from. So the bit came about because I was on Facebook and there was a comic that, you know, when Facebook used to be a thing that you were on Facebook, like I think in the past three years it's kind of done, but like four years ago, people were on Facebook. And this one woman wrote, Nazis have taken over the police division. Nazis are infiltrating government and they're taking over right after Trump got elected, like 2017, right? Okay. And, um... So, and I was going like, my brother's a cop. I'm going like, that's, I feel like it's histrionic. I don't feel that really reflects what's happening right now. So as someone who is a Facebook friend, which is almost like a real friend, I said, hey, (laughs) I really don't think 
I think the Nazi problem is a little bit overblown. I don't really think, I think it's better now, actually. I think there's less racists in America now, personally. And maybe I'm <sighs> stupid or naive, but I go, I go, and look, if there was a Nazi party, don't you think someone would have tried to recruit me by now? You know, so that right. was like, and I was like, oh, that's a funny bit. I got dragged on Facebook for posting that. I mean, people went after me. Yeah. I mean, people like looked up my IMDb, started shitting on my career. Look at all oh, your fucking, sh- none of these movies <laughs> have done anything. You're a fucking loser. That's why you're never going to make it. You know anything. I had to beat up another woman's like this housewife. I had to punch a Nazi the other day. I'm like, bitch, you didn't punch a Nazi. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going back into it, which is just stupid because now oh, like- no. They screenshotted stuff. I'm sure I could be fucking canceled any minute. But so uh, it just, I had, I just deleted and blocked and deleted and blocked. But the point is, that was something that I, I actually kind of do believe that. I kind of believe that the white supremacy stuff and the Nazi stuff, in terms of being an infestation that's overgrowing like cockroaches, I feel is overstated, right? Mm. So you just had an experience. Maybe. In North Carolina, I well hold on real quick. Let me let me find because I kind of got into a little Twitter thing Mm -hmm. that was similar to that, where it was just so stupid. I posted, uh, you know, the song "Wet Ass Pussy." Yeah, this is out now. Oh yeah, and I posted on Twitter as a tweet. You know who really has a wet ass pussy? Jesus Christ. Your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Which is hilarious. Which is stupid. It's, it's like stupid that's the dumbest fucking thing. And tweet. hilarious and also like I love it. Uh, clearly a joke. Right? <laughs> Someone responded to the tweet, This is sexist. And and I responded that's to her. That's the funniest response ever. I responded, please expand on this assertion. <laughs> and uh and then they were like, Well, I think uh Jesus is a man. And so, who really had the wet ass pussy was his mother, Mary. Was this person being funny, though? I think I thought they, they were. I thought they were joking. But then I responded to their like jokey. I don't and I don't know. I don't know if it was jokey, but it was also like they're kind of reply guying me. Yeah. Well, like as a joke, don't call me sexist with no punchline. That's weird. Yeah. So I was I like, mean, the punchline is this is sexist because it's ridiculous. Is as as ridiculous as your tweet? I guess so. But I didn't think that was like that funny. I don't yeah. know. So I was like, all right, well, I'll give you a chance to expand on it, make it funny. They kind of tried. So then I said, uh, your heteronormative binary classification of Jesus is dismissive of the Holy Trinity, which maintains he is simultaneously flesh and the Lord, the giver of all life and birth, the divine feminine, if you will, and by that reckoning, also the possessor of the wettest, assest pussy. Hilarious. And then that, and then they maybe didn't know that I was joking, so then they got actually triggered and like Whoa. triple tweeted me. What did they say? And, and then by after this, they ended up deleting all of their tweets. And blocking me. Did you screenshot it? I tried. I screenshotted some of it. What did she write? Uh, she wrote. She wrote. You have to realize that's a. She. She has to realize. She has she, to realize that's a joke. Did she follow you? She, she. She had been following me. So she knows your comic. She knows I'm joking. And like my thing is, I'm clearly making fun of. I'm trying to out woke her. Yeah. With yeah, of my. Co- of course. Like, of course. Which is hilarious. I mean, I'm saying things like the possessor of the wettest, assest pussy. Like, yes. clearly I'm fucking around. And it's also true. And it's clearly, I mean, 
If you think about it, it's also true. Then she tries to get, I remember her response was basically, she got very literal with me. And she was like, I can't believe you would imply that a man has a better pussy than a woman. And I was, I was like, I mean, but that God. also sounds like a joke to me. <laughs> so Are you I sure she so wasn't too, joking? But then she got actually mad. And then I don't know she got mad. Maybe because I responded to her. I was like, I'm just, you said, I'm just joking. Well, she was, no, she said at one point in her thing, I was just kind of joking in the beginning, but now since you're not joking, <laughs> like she took my response seriously. She was oh like, I thought God. we were joking around, but now you're mad at me. I was like, no, <laughs> I was joking around. That's just Twitter. Oh my God. It just goes to show you have to put emojis on anything to let people know what you're thinking. Yeah, but then it's, it's no fun. It's like if you, you can't do the math for yourself, it ruins the joke. Yeah, it's like right? laughing at your own jokes on stage. Like, is if that's the only way to get other people to laugh, then you got to make a better joke. It's like if I have to signal that it's a joke, then it ruins. It's the connecting it for yourself, and it's the fact that some people don't get it that makes it more fun. Yeah, you know. But oh wow! Anyway, funny as hell. That is another story. What? The big story is this dude from my hometown uh, that I follow. North Carolina where? North Carolina again? Vervard. Vervard. Asheville, near Asheville. But Asheville. Isn't Asheville like the the like Kind of like the little liberal capital, Portland of North Carolina. Or the lesbian Carolina. capital of the South? I don't know about that. That's possible. It's, it's on the east side, right? Yeah, uh, or west side. West side, yeah. in the mountains. Yeah. It's very hippie culture. Yeah. There's a lot of hiking, microbreweries, fucking mushroom culture nice fucking weird hippie kayak mm-hmm. hippie kaye yeah it's I, I like it a lot but um it's getting worse as it gets more popular as things often do yeah but anyways this guy i mean i thought i always thought he seemed cool he skateboards he um whatever sorry uh yeah he skateboards he plays classical guitar and um, he's friends with some of my friends. Yeah. And I so I follow him. I don't follow that many people from my hometown, but I follow him for whatever Classical reason. Classical cards, skateboard, you think liberal right away. Right. Like, he's a musician. Yeah. And uh, he posted something about the shooter, Kyle Rittenhouse. Mm-hmm. Right? And this was before that much of the information was out. And basically, he was like praising him, calling him a hero. Which even to this even, point, yeah, no matter what, no I matter would, what the case is, don't call that guy a hero. I would never think that. I mean, I think considering the context, it's reasonable to say he acted in self-defense. But fucking asshole for showing up. Yeah, he's asking for trouble. Showing yeah, up with an AR-15. Of and nobody asked him to come. It nobody was like asked he was him called to come by the security he, company illegally brought this gun across state lines he's under 18 it's unregistered yeah his mom fucking drove him up there i mean the worst parenting i've ever heard of (laughs) jesus christ anyways so he so this is before all the info was even out and he's so i i engaged him i was like maybe i'm in my liberal bubble this is on twitter this is on instagram so you dm'd him i dm'd him on instagram i responded to his story okay um which is by the way the response i hate it when people take want to personally affront you on the reply or like if you have something you really want to address with someone personally like dm them message them don't put it post it on their goddamn page right yeah so it's, it's private yeah 
which is probably the only reason I got the insight that I did. But so what'd you say to him? So it started off as I was like, um, what do you, it seemed, I, I basically said, it seems like this guy killed two people and all the facts aren't really out. So maybe we should hold off, hold off. And, and I also said, it seems like this guy kind of came in with a gun and, but I'm also, I was like, I'm left wing, but I'm also in this liberal bubble. I'm just kind of trying to get a sense of what people back home are thinking. You didn't come in hot. I didn't come in hot. Yeah. I came in relatively respectful because as of this point, I like this guy. Mm -hmm. He likes me, you know, and he, he said some stuff and I said some stuff and you know, it was, it was relatively good natured. I was like, we both agreed to wait until all the facts come out. Cause we don't really know yeah. who started it all. Um, and then, and then he said something like, um, uh, multiculturalism isn't doesn't work and i was like i, I said expand on that yeah <laughs> this is my go-to expand on that's a good one because a lot of times people say some shit that's kind of like not a little dog whistly go on i know and i just hit him with the go on like yeah please please justify your statements yes show your work use the back of the blue paper so that i can to. go point by point in dismantling your entire life no but and then he goes into this whole spiel about white nationalism. So it turns out he's like, he's gone down, fully down the rabbit hole of like, of like racist white nationalism. And I've, uh, and I, so I was like taken aback by the shit he said. What did he say? Can you read it? Uh, I, I can, I, let me pull it up. You don't have to name him. I'm going to be honest. I was in a way so fascinated of course. That I argued with him for like two whole days is like long, long. I tried to basically because just. Because you're trying to get his point of view because the truth is every, everyone comes right. from a point of view. I wanted to hear everything he had to say. So I asked him a lot of questions about what he really thought. Yeah. And why and I, he thought that. I also countered every point that he brought up in ways that I could because he went back into like. So, so first of all, I asked him, Jesus, well, he said some really racist shit yeah. about black people. Like what? Like shit along the lines of like, they've always been that way. Um, what violence? He wants to repatriate blacks back to Africa. Oh God. And, and so basically I started talking to him and I was like, holy shit, wait, are you in like favor of a white ethno state? Yeah. He was like, yeah, that would be good, but I don't think it's realistic, but I would like that. And then he said, I was, I was like, Jesus Christ. I said, are you pro segregation? He's like, yeah. yeah. Like he's, <laughs> he thinks the civil rights act was a bad thing. It's like, this is psychotic. Wow. I, and I told him, I was like, you realize no one agrees with you on that. Yeah, Literally that's no like one maybe like 0.1% of the white population believes that. And he was like, no, a lot of, he's like, actually, you'd be surprised a lot of people agree with me. Where, like dark web channels or reddits or where I can he, only imagine where this they dude has been radicalized through YouTube. I wonder if there's a, what, he's, about something like that. he's like, bringing up like old racist, um, IQ numbers and crime statistics. Yeah. And I counted him. I was like, but his big thing is that the, white population has gone from like 90% to 60% over the last 70-ish years. Yeah. And uh, and that immigrants are bringing crime. 
And I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense. If you look at the crime stats, they've gone down every single year for the yeah. past like 30, 40 years as all of these so-called crime bringing immigrants come. Yeah. So your point makes no sense at all. So he's, now he's talking about Sweden or something. I don't even know. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm not talking about Sweden. I'm talking about the United States. Yeah. Like all of these other countries have a culture. We're the United States. We're a melting pot. He's like, no, the melting pot thing is just made up. The founders didn't intend that. I was like, okay, well, what are you talking about? Literally, and he's also saying shit like about protecting white culture. And I was like, what the what fuck? Is white culture? What the fuck is white culture? Skateboarding is white culture, right? Sure, <laughs> but like everyone enjoys that. Everyone participates in that. Yeah, it's literally like, and I also told him like, I live in LA. I witness multiculturalism every day. It's fucking rad. Yeah, it's literally like. And I was like, you're a fucking musician, bro. Like, you're playing, like, you're jazz music. on the shoulders of amazing black musicians. Almost exclusively. Yeah. And he was like, I, dude, everything he said was so brain dead. And, like, he couldn't see the hypocrisy. And, and he, my other thing is, like, when Mexicans are coming over into the United States, what language are they speaking? Spanish. Yeah. White culture. What yeah. religion are most of them bringing? Roman Catholic, bro. Yeah. White culture. Yeah. What do you... And, and like, in the beginning of the country, white people, like, the idea of, like, what a white person is, is constantly changing. Yeah. In the beginning, Italians weren't white. Germans weren't white. Irish people Irish weren't, weren't white. Irish weren't white, yeah. Jews they, weren't white. They all came over here, and people said the same thing about mm -hmm. Italians that they're saying now about Mexicans. Yeah. They're like, oh, they're they're dirty... They take low wage jobs. They're uh, they stay. They make their own little enclaves. Same thing with Irish. They people, don't yeah. assimilate. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They'll never be quote unquote white. Yeah. Now the definition or the past couple hundred years has completely changed. Sure. And in two hundred years it will completely change again. Yeah. The and it's also all of this like what is white stuff? It's so ridiculous. And the idea of like where do we draw the line? Like if you were to build an ethno state. How white do you have to be? What are you going to DNA test everybody? Yeah. Are you just going to look at everybody and decide, oh, you can come in, you can't? Yeah. What if in the ethno state, another movement starts and it's like, oh, no, you have to be 100% white 100 and then white. you don't make the cut? Yeah. How would you defend yourself? Yeah. Oh, no, don't kick me out. I'm 50% white. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, so, it's such bullshit. It's, yeah. Not to mention the number, the number of, of black people who quote-unquote passes white or look completely white or can walk around with i mean i just did a podcast with eric blake he has four kids and one of his kids he goes look at my kid he goes he looks italian because yeah. he married a, a white woman and everyone's like they talk about his kids i go like Who, who's that uh who's that that white dude with the black sister uh, yeah. you know so i i love the fact that it's getting blurred it needs to get blurred because the definitions i think that intrinsically in America colors have been mixed up and races have mixed up things and culture have been mixed up in such a way that the process of trying to extricate them now which seems to be happening even on both sides is sort of uh, it's pointless it's pointless and it would be a pyrrhic victory at best if anything like that happened so it's pointless and it makes me really sad yeah because I think so many of the great things and I and I literally told him, he, he was like, well, I, it's funny because it sounds like your joke you made earlier. He's like, I'm just a traditionalist. 
I was like, how far back you want to go, bro? You want to go back to feudalism? Huh? Yeah. No more doctors? How traditional are we willing to get? Yeah. You definitely want to go pre-Civil War, apparently. Yeah. Uh, everything, literally everything he said was so stupid. When I hear something like that, it makes me think like, like show me on the doll where you were hurt. Yes. Like you're clearly projecting something. Something happened to him. You, I mean, that's, that's what's interesting to me because unless you get into the root of the pain and the root of the fear, because it isn't based on logic, the logic is what he attached to patch up the fear and patch up the pain, right? So totally. unless you get to the root of the, the pain and the fear, maybe he was bullied or hit or something happened to a friend or someone was killed or anything that he, I mean, a, a good, good movie that sort of depicts this sort of progression into... Uh, Nazism and neo-fascism is um, American History X. It felt like that. Yeah. It felt like here's this kid and I can t he didn't go to college and I think he's confused about sure. what his place is and I think he and I'm not excusing all the fucked up shit he thinks but I'm like how the hell did he even get this way? Yeah. You know it's funny because um, my, my oldest brother who is a great brother, and he's always been a great guy. He's he's a cop, yeah. Right? He's a, he's an ER doctor and, a, and on the SWAT team, which is a bizarre combo. Wow. He's brilliant guy. He um. He I don't think he's racist. He's race-ish. Like he would never say anything about black IQs or savages or blah blah. He would never say anything like he would never say the white equivalent of what Nick Cannon said. Yeah. You know what I mean. He wouldn't do the the white equivalent of nation of Islam, but he but he, but as a cop, he's very much, um, he's like these these are the numbers and these are the stats and this is what's happening, and people don't want to look at it. and and some of the stats and some of the actual facts don't skew in the favor of the narrative being promulgated by Black Lives Matter. It just doesn't. Sure, I'm not saying that it, it undermines their case. I'm just saying that not all the facts line up the way as conveniently as you'd like well there's a lot of right leaning people who present the facts of like most or, or like there's a ton of police interactions that don't end in murders yeah and like there's a ton there's millions and millions like the yeah. rates of people dying at the hands of police are going down things They're like that every year for the past like 10 and years. i agree with those facts but i'm also like why that seems to me to be mutually exclusive from sure. the obvious cases of police getting away with murder, yeah. right? Like, why can't we acknowledge that police are becoming less of a problem while also addressing, like, here's some obvious problems. cases where yeah. injustice is happening. Absolutely. Why can't we fix both or why can't we acknowledge both? Yeah. But the reason I bring up my brother is because it, it, it he he does kind of i'm sure he's going to vote for trump mhm mm uh i'm sure he is he's become more and more he's not radicalized but he's become more and more right wing and i also think again show me on the doll like my brother when he was he was bust right yeah so my brother was bust to a, a all black elementary school when i was growing up and he was he was beat up like all the time he was bullied and they would take his lunch money and they would take his lunch and bully him and beat him and give him wet. He was like, so I think he from childhood had harbored a, 
from experience, not right. from reading tropes, no. experienced violence at the hands of black people on like a daily basis because of busing. Right. You know what I mean? And my brother's a great guy. He's good natured. He's got a good heart. But that's just his experience. And I think now that he's an adult and he's a cop and he's seeing something that he feels is reflecting that, you know, violence and stuff, that he, um, it's playing into this, this pain that manifests itself in some semi-racist ideology you know to me uh, it felt like the the guy kept hitting me with things like this he's like uh, he's like i know you're human i know you feel uncomfortable around groups of black people and i was like i don't really not really yeah uh he was like oh really if i just drop you off in the middle of compton you know he's like kind of doing this thing you yeah. would just be totally comfortable i was like i mean sure i think Depends what time of day it I was. wouldn't want to be in a dangerous area with no reason. Yeah. And and no like sense of direction. Like I think you could say that about anything. Yeah. Like I said, I wouldn't be comfortable if you just dropped me off in a fucking white biker gang and they're all waving Confederate flags. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I'd really fit in there either. Yeah. But I think his thing is like he feels this racism and this prejudice, but rather than confront that as something that is a problem with him. He feels the need to like dive deep into these online rabbit holes to justify it. Of course. He's looking at people online who are like saying, no, 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 no. This racism you feel, racism you feel is natural. Yeah. It's right. It's Here it's are the numbers to, to prove it. Yeah. Right. He's working backwards from the conclusion of there's nothing wrong with me. Everyone is racist and that's how it should be. Yeah. And, and um, that leads to some dark places. It's funny though, because you were talking about the busing. My guitar teacher had a similar experience to your brother. Yeah. But the way he told it to me was like, he had gotten beat up by some black kids, but also he loved music yeah. more than anything. And all of his musical influences were black people. Yeah. And he said, obviously there's something more than my own personal experience because the people making these music is geniuses. You yeah. know what I mean? And the shit that's being produced by these black artists is is so magical like uh it basically made him think that uh it made him unracist in, in this weird way yeah because <laughs> that's what he dedicated his whole life to is yeah. he, he would go isolate himself in the woods and skip out on class and just play guitar yeah so i well, tried to appeal uh, to him from that per perspective yeah. but what was interesting is two things one is it's really hard to convince anyone of, of a point of view as a matter of fact i think <laughs> the word convince is just a false word because you can never convince anyone yeah really i mean part of what i feel about black lives matter movement is i feel as good and as justified as is as much as i want to get behind it um and instead of trying to convince people about all cops being racist there it, it seems like the point of any movement is to enroll people in the forward progression of what you want to do, which is a, is a slight distinction, but an important distinction. Because enrolling people is like, we want positive change, we want good things, we want more integration and more harmony, and let's come together with everyone as part of the coalition to make that happen, as opposed to just out and out aggressively trying to convince people of how horrible and awful and racist America is. Because yeah. I think that that just triggers people who are already precarious and on the fence with their own ideas about race to, to kind of 
go to the other side and like you're going to accuse me of being racist fuck you now i'm going to line up with trump that's why i think it's it can be counterproductive in a way well that's what he was saying he's like he said and go ahead and call me racist it means nothing to me you know what i mean almost like his defense mechanism against being called that is just to fully embrace it own it yeah and i don't know but what to see what's weird about that is like you look at your life you look at this short time we have on the planet earth and you want to say that you're racist. So what are you going towards? You're going towards what? Because at the end of the day, if you're not going towards love, and you're yeah. not going to communion, you're going towards chaos. So he just wants to go towards chaos? I, I just don't know. understand what you're going towards. I, I basically said to him, well, first of all, I disagree with everything you're saying, like strongly. But second of all, it's not just that what these opinions that you have are like fucked up. It's that having these opinions what actions would you take to get these in place you know what i mean what policies or legislation or actions would come from having these opinions yes and then i was like i'll tell you the only actions that ever result from having these types of opinions are just like violence civil war and genocide and civil war historically these opinions that you are espousing always lead to fascism and death and suffering yeah every single time it's a dark path i was like i I told him this i was like i'm scared for you man because it's a dark path that you're heading down and i hope that you see the light before it's too late yeah because that's the guy who's going to end up arming himself with a fucking gun yeah and thinking he's going to be a goddamn hero and putting himself in a shitty situation and i and i think a lot of that comes from being maybe sheltered and indoctrinated oh for sure he definitely I mean, having any of those opinions, he definitely only has white friends and he doesn't, and he has this imaginary image of what all minorities are like. But if he just kind of hung around a couple people that disproved that narrative for him, but then he would just justify that. He would just say, oh, these are exceptions. Yeah. This doesn't change the, the actual reality. One of the things I always think about when people talk about, first of all, I don't know if white supremacy and white nationalism are the same thing. Pretty much. So, but when people white talk... White nationalism is this new excuse word where it's like, it's definitely white supremacy, but they're yeah. like, oh, they're, they're just rebranding They're rebranding neo-Nazi. Yeah. I mean, it still sounds awful. So, <laughs> yeah. but like, do you watch sports at all? I, I know that sounds like a joke, but I'm also serious. Can you, how can you get behind basically any sport if you don't like black people? Like, yeah. Really? That was, that was something that Spike Lee would talk about and do the right thing. Yeah. Where these racist Italian pizza joint owners were like, "Oh, these fucking, you know, these fucking, da da." Yeah, yeah. And meanwhile, who's your favorite basketball player? Michael Jordan. Who's your favorite, da da da? And everyone, every one of his people that he was a fan of was was black. Yeah. So I don't understand uh, how you can recon- reconcile that if being a sp- liking any sports team. I don't know. I think that sports, in my mind, in America, has always been sort of the thing, one of the most racially healing things in the country. It was the most colorblind, completely meritocracy, you know? And then the he, he kept trying to come at me with like, uh, why are you so ashamed to be white? You know what I mean? <laughs> why, why do you, why are you, your ancestors would be ashamed of you? And, and then I was coming back at him with like, well, first of all, I'm not ashamed to be white. Yeah. Where are you getting this idea? Yeah. That just because I like multiculturalism that I'm anti-white, I'm not. You can, you can still, I was like, in this beautiful world we've created, you can still love classical music. You can still hang out with white people and do whatever fucking thing you want. 
things coexisting does not affect you at all. Yeah. The way you're acting like it does. Sure. All the things that you want to do and think are being infringed upon are not. They're not. It's just this perceived infringement because it's not all about white people anymore. I was like, I think that's healthy. I do. Don't you feel like more of an individual and like you can have more of a unique existence as a white person with the existence of other things? Yeah. Isn't that only a positive change? Exactly. That now we can view things in perspective? I think it's good for for white people to take some lumps right now. Yeah. But but there's there's also a slippery slope because when Nick Cannon comes out spewing his stupid, ignorant bullshit. Totally. Um, he should be he condemned. Should, he shouldn't have P. Diddy come out and be like, come to, come to my channel. You always got a home. Like a lot of black celebrities came to his defense and a lot, yeah. of, and he only got, he only got fired from one. He got fired from wild and out because that show was already tanking in the ratings at this point. It was played out. Totally. But he kept his job on the max mask singer. And what he said was, about as vitriolic as you can say. He basically said, like, white people are savages. They're the devil. They're not, they don't have any soul because they said of their that pigment. Jewish people are yeah. the cause for all the problems and this and that. So, you know, the, the white equivalent of that would be you know, that person would you never hear from them again, right? Totally. Be, I so, agree. Um, now I'm not saying that this should be, I, I, I do hate the Republican talking point, like, well, if a, if a black person did this, a blickety, blackety, blukety, because right. there isn't an equivalency. It, it isn't the same thing. You can't say that white racism and black racism are the same thing. But there is a point where black racism for lack of a better word shouldn't be accepted still you know what i mean if 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 nation of islam comes back strong yeah then i think that that's a that is a problem we can't just pretend it's okay like i don't like the fact that aoc is pictured with louis farrakhan that louis farrakhan is sort of still held up as an important figure in social justice because he's really not no i agree uh i think and I, I mean this white nationalist dude started quoting malcolm x to me you know what I mean? <laughs> he's, he was like, I actually, I support the black ethno state. I just think it should be, you know what I mean? And then yeah. I came back with him. You realize that that was early Malcolm early X. Early Malcolm X. Nation of Islam, Louis Farrakhan yeah, type he shit. Went to Mecca and changed his mind. He went to Mecca, he came back, and he spent the rest of his life fighting against all those things. I think that a lot of this stuff, a lot of racism from both sides or prejudice, because I think that's a better term if we're talking about black and white people looking at each other uh, comes from a lot of ignorance or a lot yeah. of naivete. I think that there are a lot of, in the same way that he's in his little bubble, there are a lot of black people who are raised in their culture and they're told a certain thing and they believe a certain thing and they experience a certain thing and they they haven't had time to become really good friends with a white person and go like, oh, wait a second, maybe this isn't what I sure. should be thinking. Or they haven't gone to Mecca or they haven't... so. What's weird about this, too, is most people will say, if you look at, I don't know how you measure this or what the metric to determine this is, but America is considered to be one of the least racist countries in the world. I, I mean, mean some people would argue it's the literally the least racist country in the world, and then mm. most every other country is a lot more racist. I mean, if you look at soccer stadiums in France, they would have signs for years, like, no racism because right. people would throw bananas at the black soccer players and yeah. stuff that was like 10 years ago 
You know what I mean? I, I would say uh, France has made a, a lot of progress, but even places like Russia is still really racist. Oh, my God. And then, you know, you have these places that are like 99% white, like they're probably going to be racist. Also, Asian countries. Asians are very racist. This dude, he kept quoting, he kept talking about Japan to me. <laughs> He's like, would you call a Japanese person a Japanese supremacist? And I was like, what? <laughs> and he kept uh, uh, referencing all of these other countries. And I was like, well, why are you talking about those other countries? First of all, this is America. Yeah. We, have, we do things differently. Here. Yes. We're pro-multiculturalism. Like, that's our whole fucking thing. Whether you like it or not, for as long as I've been alive, that's been our thing. Yeah. And it's, I mean, worked out pretty good for the most part. I okay. agree. And I think that one of the problems happening now, and I think this applies to a lot of stuff happening with Me Too and, and feminism and women in general, is that when, when things happen that are shitty to, to women, yeah. and I know a lot of girl bosses and female producers and, and actresses and singers, and, and they are treated a certain way by a man, usually a white man, they instantly go, that's sexist. They're being so sexist, right? Yeah. And the truth is, I would say maybe 25% of the time they're right. But not 100% of the time. So a we'll lot of times- We'll give them 50. Huh? We'll give them 50. 50? You'll go 50? I mean, I have no idea what situation we're talking, well, what about. I'm talking <laughs> about. What I'm talking about in particular, like, so if you take the same corollary to race, like things happen, sometimes they're racist, but not all the time. Not everything that happens from a white man towards a black man is racist. Sure. You know, what happened with Jacob Blake, as tragic as it was, to say that out of hand that is a racist shooting- I, I don't know. It's just hard to just... Is that the line you have to tell the, that every single thing that happens is racist? The tricky thing about that is like... And this is the media narrative yeah. that is being uh, stoked. But in the days following something like the Jacob Blake shooting, you'll see a bunch of videos shared of like white people just being like totally out of line with cops and not getting even tased or yeah. reprimanded in any way, like screaming in the cop's face, getting back in their car, doing all the things that black people are told not to do because they'll get shot, and then nothing happens to them. Sure. So then black people share those videos, and they're like, huh? You said it was a death sentence to do these things. Doesn't look like it is. Sure. And then I'll watch that video fair. and be like, damn it. But then that's again, convincing. that's like different cops... Like, if that cop who didn't shoot the white person had been in this situation, maybe he wouldn't have shot the black person either. Yeah. And it's also, like, with the James Blake thing, it's like the cops weren't even called on him. They were called on these two white ladies. And then somehow the cops started chasing him. That's not my understanding. My understanding that yeah. they were called on him. Mm-mm. The two white ladies were fighting. And then he, would like, tried to break up the fight or something. Ooh, then the cops boy, showed I think, up. I think, you're, I think you're listening to a narrative, bro. I'm telling you. We'll this have to look at the I've facts. Heard. We'll, we'll, we'll we'll we can facts look about, it up. Yeah. But the cops were not called on him specifically. I heard the 911 call and they were calling on him. Really? You yes. heard the 911 yes. call? Yes, the 911 call is public. Well, I haven't heard that. Yeah. Well, you he you what hear was in the 911 call? Uh, a woman is calling saying this man is here and he shouldn't be here. And he took her keys. He, he, who took her? Whose keys? Jacob took his girlfriend's keys and she, was try she, was call she called 911 to get him to leave. He his said kids he were in the car though, right? Yeah, so I don't know. He drove over there and left his kids in the car and went to get her keys. I don't know what happened, but like he, he, the, she called the cops on him. Yes. 
Huh. I heard the police. You could you could actually hear the recording of the police dispatch. Well, I did not. I did not of hear that. Of course, you did because what happens is the media puts out the initial thought or word or whatever it is, and then when they're wrong, they don't retract it. They let it go. Right, or or even if they do retract it, it's too late. I'll give you an example. That's like why things like the six percent, only six percent of coronavirus cases are real thing yeah. is so damaging because yeah, it, you could fix that in six hours. It's too late. Too late. Yeah. Like I was watching the Zodiac Killer movie by David Fincher. Oh yeah. And there's this one night in Zodiac where the killer uh, kills the cabbie, and the all the cops got a dispatch that the suspect was black. But it was, and then they switched it like 30 minutes later, like, oh, no, no, it was a white guy. And they, the cops passed the Zodiac killer in the park, but he was a white guy, so they let him oh, go because wow. he didn't fit the description at the time. Well, I'll give, you, I'll give you an example of that. And again, a lot of this, and I know this is delicate and this is all tragic stuff and yeah. nobody, you know, is celebrating anyone's death or anything like that because it's all bad. But for example, Michael, Michael Brown, what is your understanding of what happened to Michael Brown? I mean, you've you've brought this case up before. This is the classic. But it's just an interesting example to me that here's a case that every single liberal prosecutor in DOJ has said, let's investigate and bring and arrest. They went in wanting to arrest this cop. They sure. talked to every witness. They did all the forensic, did all the autopsy, uh-huh. and they said this was a justified shooting. Everyone, right? Even even he 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 you know, was exonerated. Well, I guess he, he was deemed not guilty, deemed not guilty. But he was investigated three different times by three different liberal prosecutors and AGs to try to prove he was guilty. And all of them came to the same conclusion that it was a justified shooting. However, hands up, don't shoot. And the Michael Brown killing is still used I as a battle never, cry. I never, ever, ever hear the Michael Brown killing brought up. There's really? been like 40 killings since then. That's true. That's a good point. But like, you know, hands up, don't shoot is a thing that still exists. But that's from Michael Brown. But I think that's valid. That is valid. Regardless of the Michael Brown situation. I never hear his name on the list. Yeah, but that's where it came about was from. That is true. Yeah, but that is fair because hands up, don't shoot is still a, you know, it's a sensible thing to say. The general consensus is that uh, there are better cases to use. For the cause. You know? Yeah. I, I just sometimes I, I worry that as much as I want to get behind everything liberal and everything that's about unity and multiculturalism and everything, I just want to make sure that the, the, the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted yeah. so that things don't get sloppy in a way just so politically, you know, they can make an outcome that they want. Right. Well, you don't want to, you don't want to just be living like the double speak fake truth you want to really acknowledge the facts that are going on but uh you want the people on the other side of the aisle to be doing the same thing but we can never count on republicans to do it because they've they're just they're just obviously going to toe the company line because they're corporate and i think that's why sometimes it feels like the only way to battle that like if i think that's maybe why the democrats lose sometimes is because they're trying to be authentic and fair against people who are just cheating and doing whatever they can to win. Yes. I and think that used to be what the Democrats do. And I finally, Democrats are like, well, if you're going to do that, we're going to do that. And right. now it's like, we don't know where it started because everyone's doing the same fucking thing. Everyone's being disingenuous and hypocritical. <sighs> so here's one last thing I want to end with. For, I want to end on a happy note. So I've talked to a couple mediums. Okay. 
Um, and they say that the world is going to end in chaos in November. They basically said America is going to come, like in November something's going to happen that's so unbelievably tumultuous, it's basically like a civil war. They're not sure. saying it's going to be a civil war, but like I, mediums are like, just be be prepared for November because things are like, I mean, all, all the psychics are saying, I all I feel told that you November. That. <laughs> I, don't fe- I don't feel it's going to be that bad though. Really? Is this country so fucking malleable? And flimsy and brittle that the whole 200 plus years of the craziness of america can go down the toilet because of one goddamn stupid narcissist Is i feel bad? like this year has shown me that we are much more brittle than i ever imagined but Ugh. we're still a country we're still country we're still for a now. country <laughs> i think we will weather the storm for better or worse yeah well, let's, let's end on something positive. Tommy, you have a date. I do have a date. You excited about this date? There's a girl from Twitter. Tommy is very funny on Twitter. I can only dream to get the retweets and likes that he gets. <laughs> but I'm killing the game on Instagram, buddy. That's so, true. Um, you uh, and this girl, she's, she's been a fan. So how did you first reach out? Were you like, sup, on her DMs? Or how did it come about? Uh, well, sometimes if someone on Twitter is cute, and they like my stuff and I follow them back. Maybe I'll follow them on Instagram or something. That yeah, kind of takes the, it to the next the, level. You make the IG switch to the see what IG they look switch. like. So you can stalk them. Then maybe they, uh, they flame react something. I ha-ha react something. <laughs> you know, the seeds of love. Modern day romance. And LOL or two slips out. How about a winky smiley face? Uh-oh. Oh, that weird emoji that's like sweating and red and has his <laughs> tongue out. I call it the horn dog emoji. I don't really know what else it would be. A couple dot dot dots in there too. Uh, so basically, she reacted to the skateboarding, some skateboarding video I posted, and she was like, "I have a skate park right next to my apartment. You should come skate here." <laughs> and I was like, "Okay." And okay, then it was closed. Could just be a business meeting so far. Could just be a business meeting, but um. Yeah, then I basically, I was flirting a little bit and said we should hang out. And uh, one thing led to another. We're walking around. So have you met her in person yet? No. But you've stalked her IG enough to know that you're attracted to her. Right, I've seen a bunch of pictures. Okay, so she could, the only breaking point, she could have halitosis. Halitosis, <laughs> Sure. Or just bad skin that you didn't see through the filter. Well, some of the uh, photos were outdoors, so. Oh, that's good. Yeah. couple bikini shots. Oh. I mean, you never know what Photoshop can pull off these days. Oh, yeah. You can make yourself skinnier. That's true. You have to make yourself skinnier. It's crazy. Skinnier, um, tanner. Oh, God. So, what are you going to do? Because you're poor. What are you going to do? We're going to walk around. Walk Walk around around, uh, Silver Lake. Or Echo Park Lake or whatever that lake is. You're not going to take her to little Din Dins? Nah, because things are weird. What do you mean things are weird? I think we're going to get like, not coffee, but just going to get a drink and then walk around. Yeah, I don't, I don't approve. You know this. I don't approve of a dinner as a first date. Yeah. I think a dinner could be a good second or third date. Because you want to know if you like each other first. Right. I want to I wanna hear your voice. Yeah, because she's like, oh my God, I'm such a fan, Tommy. Weirdly, that is also, there's two things that I always am a little curious about when I'm first meeting someone is, 
what do their voice sound like and what yeah. does their laugh sound like oh yeah hugely important because and yeah. like do they do they laugh i have a weird thing where i've always been attracted to girls that sound like dudes hmm. because like low raspy voices yeah hmm. like my voice is is maybe maybe a little bit on the high side Mine is certainly. No, yours isn't. What? I think you have a deeper voice than, my, than me. I didn't know you were. I don't think so. I've listened to the podcast. I've I got Tommy's got a better voice than me. Fuck really? that kid. Really? I feel the same way about you. Oh, that's so cute. Oh. So, um, <laughs> but I, so, but I, my, so. Right in, I hear, right into the pod. Right into I hear the DMs. are like, oh my God. So this guy, I'm like, <gasps> boner city. Right. If a hot girl, I mean, look, first of all, a hot girl with a deep voice is hot as fuck. Sure. Kathleen Turner back in the day. I mean, that was the jam. Scarlett Johansson with that fucking rasp. She is a great voice. So I'm a big fan of like deep voices on girls. My 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 last last girlfriend, um, the girl I converted to Judaism for, she had a really deep voice. And she's this five foot four teeny little Jewish girl with big doughy eyes, and she was like, "Oh my god!" And I was like, "Oh god!" I, love I you. always I always like a girl who's not masculine, but kind of uh has a little bit of swagger yeah in a way like yeah. a little bit of confidence a little bit of that wet ass pussy swagger bunk, something about them where they, they can hang they got their own dealio yeah they're not a victim or a damsel they're kind of like yeah you know they can they can run with the bulls we're similar you. we like we like the type a ball busters it's a good thing totally well tommy i look forward i look forward to the the, the story about your date i hope it goes well yeah, me too. I I got a weirdly randomly a couple of girls where I'm like, oh, I could probably go out with them, but then I'm I don't know if I've been bummed out or something, but I'm almost like, uh, I feel like every single girl I talk to who knows you loves you. I don't know if they love you like I love Tom. They, they're like I love Tom. I mean, yes, that's a friend. Like I feel like all of them are kind of like have little crushes on you. You know? I think that might be partly because one, I really like women, and I hang out with them. And you're very woke-ish? I'm woke-ish, and I also am unavailable, Yes. for better or worse. I don't really hit on them, and I don't make myself mm-hmm. uh, available. Because, and I, this is more of a conscious business decision, thinking that women in comedy, it's best to just keep it in a friend way Yes. for a myriad of reasons. But I think they appreciate that. But it also gives me a little bit of mystery, a little yeah. bit of, I wonder what that would be like. <laughs> I, I dated one female comic, and uh, it's great because she says great things about me mm. to everyone. And it's so great that I'm like, I'll never sleep with a, another female comic again because like, I can't destroy my rep. You, you danced with the devil and returned unscathed. Yeah. You know? And she was like, she one says for good one. things. She's like, she tells everyone. 100% shooting record with comics. Yeah, no more. No more. I can't. I, I don't want to be with a girl like, oh, you're a disappointment after everything I heard about you. Yeah. Nope. Keep, keep spreading the word, Nicole Amy Schreiber. You know, you know what I heard about Bill? Well, <laughs> it's all bullshit. <laughs> um, all right, Tommy. Well, uh, let's wrap this up. Thank you for coming <sighs> over, man. And uh, Yeah, don't. If you find yourself falling down the white nationalist YouTube pipeline. Reach out to us and we'll try to help you. Reach out. I'll send you some YouTube links of some really good internet debates. 
at the end of the day, man, if if you're not going towards love, you're going towards chaos. And I know yeah. that sounds hippy dippy and trippy, but it's it's the only truth there is. If you're not heading towards love and unity, you're heading towards chaos. Because if we look at where we want to be, it's almost like you have to reverse engineer humanity from what you want. And what we want is a a humanity that is completely unified. And yeah. I just don't believe it exists from uh, anger and violence. And not that we have to turn the other cheek and everything has to be about nonviolence, but I do think that as we evolve and as we're trying to evolve as humanity, you should always look at enrolling people and loving people and trying to forgive them and welcome them as opposed to fucking point a finger at them and scream at them, you know? I, I so agree with that because sometimes the people who are hardline conservatives will accuse people like me of being naive or ignoring the what they consider the hard cold facts that peace multiculturalism uh medicare for all these things are pie in the sky these things can never work you got to be realistic but for me it is it is like you're saying that is the goal that is what I want, is I want to uh, live in a world that is governed by love and yeah. dignity or at least for everyone. Governed more so now than it was 10 years ago. Yes. And more so 10 years from now than, it, you know, I just think as we, we're inching slowly like fucking centipedes along human evolution. Totally. And even if we can move forward a quarter of a step, that's huge. And of course there's going to be growing pains. Yeah. But- if we're not trying to become more enlightened and more loving as a species, that's the then goal. It, it would be worth it to me to be proven too naive and too optimistic. Yeah. Yeah. I still think you're ridiculous for thinking Bernie would do any good for the country. Anyway, that's oh the end of goodness. the podcast. You guys <laughs> have a good one. Bye bye.